Attention residents of the high desert, did you know that a Comic-Con style event is coming to the San Bernardino Fairgrounds on February 8, 2020? Other than being a host to celebrity signings, giveaways, and a cosplay contest, we want to open the doors to the local community of businesses and give you an opportunity to sell your wares. If you want to be part of the Jay Zoman's Pop Culture Expo, contact Dave at 760-553-6906 or email him at pce at jayzoman.com. That's pce at j-a-y-z-o-m-o-n.com. Or visit us online at www.jayzoman'spopcultureexpo.com. Hey, this is Don Smith from the Life Radio Show. If you've always wanted to learn more about the world of low-budget filmmaking and even lower-budget comedy, tune into the Life Radio Show. You can live stream the show at www.su1069.org on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Or find us wherever you find podcasts and like and follow the Life Radio Show on Facebook for live video and other shenanigans. Now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to the season finale of My Public Life as an American Nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, gang. Welcome to the end. And as I sit here, I am about an hour and a half out of watching Rise of the Skywalker. And I'm happy to report. Now... You can stick around for this part because I, I, it's very, you know, I'm just going to say I'm very happy with the movie. I, I think that the movie was very well done and I, I think they did a good job, especially with what they had to work with coming off of The Last Jedi. I think that J.J. Abrams and everybody involved, I know that George Lucas was brought in to consult the the whole situation because of the big screw up because of uh, Ryan Adam or not Ryan Adams what's his name Ryan Johnson um you know and it 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 worked it worked very well um the family and I the in fact it was the girls both of my girls my son and my sister Rebecca um we we went and saw the movie and it it seemed long in fact let me just check on my phone and now that i'm thinking about it i wonder how long that actually was because it seemed like it was long now the movie itself we got seven o'clock tickets and we got out of there i want to say it was like 10 because okay so there's what say 20 30 minutes of of uh ads or not ads but trailers and then you've got um the movie so the movie might let's see uh there it is right here uh, let's find out how many minutes it is it is come on load 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 it is two hours and 22 minutes yeah it was it felt long um Essentially, what it was was um, 
he had he probably could have taken it to three hours to be honest with you and i think i would have been completely all right with that um J.J. Abrams had to tell the story. Well, number one, he had to fix all the mistakes that was made in Last Jedi. But he told his story that, I guess, from what I understand, was supposed to be his uh, the second story, anyway, of what was supposed to happen. And then the last uh, part of it, the last half of that movie, was the actual concept for rise of skywalker and so it essentially it was two movies put together in one two and a half hour movie and you know what i honestly i had no qualms about it i didn't mind it being long now my girls yeah you know because they're young uh zoe's eight and lily's four they they did they fell asleep just because of the, the how late it got and it, how long the movie was, but it was for the lack of interest. They just got tired and fell asleep because they're kids. Now, for like my son Jay, who's 18, you know, he stayed in there right along with his aunt and I. You know, we we watched the whole movie. It was it was a fun enjoyment. We had a great time. It was a great movie, and I I think it was well done. And I look forward to it. Um, I don't know. I'll probably go see it in 3D. I think maybe. Um, maybe we'll see see what happens so okay now we're at the four minute mark and i think going forward into this podcast i'm going to talk about the movie so i'm going to tell you now kind of like how i did before with the last time i went to the movies you know spoilers the rest of this movie the rest of this show is going to be 100 percent spoilers so if you do not want to know anything about this movie, then you'll wanna you'll wanna stop. Right well not right here because I'm still rambling, but um but if you've listened not listened, if you've seen the movie, it's kinda late, my brain's not working. If you've already seen the movie like I have, and you're curious to find out what my thoughts are then continue. But if you have not, stop right here. All right. So at the 502 minute mark, and we'll we'll adjust it because like I know, you know, we have the PCE ad and we have the um the life uh ad as well. And then of course the you know enjoy the free Jizzle Modcast show that we have in front of all our podcasts. And that, that takes a good gap. But anyway, so here we go. Spoiler country, here we come. Okay, here we go. So, you know, a lot of people complained about... I heard people groaning. I mean, like, really groaning. It's like 30 seconds into the movie, and I, I'm hearing people like... Because it... it um it You know, the crawl. You know, because... Of course, and I was kind of hoping, and I won't lie, I was hoping that because, you know, um, Disney owns Fox, that they were going to do the, the whole introduction, you know, the dun you know, that, you know, it, it's just something that going to the, the movies and seeing Star Wars, it's just something that you, you get used to, it's, 
it's part of that. It's part of the experience, but unfortunately that wasn't there. And um, let's see, let me see what the actual there. It was, it was kind of the, it was like a three word sentence that started it off and people were just like groaning. And I'm like, why it's, it's the last Skywalker story. It's not going to be sunshines and rainbows because Skywalkers have never been a sunshine and rainbow story. It's drama, you know, it's about family. It's about good versus evil. You know, it's, it's, it's not my little pony. It's not strawberry shortcake. It's star Wars. You know, it says it right there in the name wars. But anyway, so the, 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 okay. It, the you know the music hits da, 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 da. okay so it hits and then episode nine rise of skywalker and the very first three words that really rumble everybody you know not everybody there just i guess the people in front of me um they really got their panties in a wad because it, the, the you know it said death the death speak oh that don't that you know that don't sound like Star Wars, ooh, it's setting the tone of how dark this movie is, and it was. I thought it was okay. I mean, yes, I did catch it right away that it was. Uh, it was a, uh, you know, it, it sets the tone. It's they they knew what they were doing. You know those those three words, the dead speak. That's all. You know, boom, it's dark. We know where we're going. And so it's the dead speak. The galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast, a threat of revenge in the sinister voice of the late Emperor Palpatine. General Leia Organa dispatches a secret agent to gather intelligence while Rey, the last hope of the Jedi, trained for battle against the diabolical First Order. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren rages in search of the Phenom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat of his power. Dot 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 dot. So that's that's what kind of started off, you know, because people got all kind of butt hurt because of that, and it did. It was a dark. I thought it was a dark movie, but oh my god, it was so good. It was like all the callbacks to like Return of the Jedi and the uh empire strikes back and then there's actually one scene that goes all the way back to new hope and it's just really i I, i'm trying not to geek out as bad as i want to but i i'm really i've really enjoyed it and um so like one of the big things that is uh on the plate that i want to talk about is everybody was wanting to know how is J.J. Abrams going to fix the whole Snork thing? Um, and he does. He absolutely does. When okay, so Kylo is searching out for Palpatine, who um, who made his return to the galaxy. Okay, and he. I'm trying to think how to say this without giving the whole thing away. Uh, so anyway, you find out that, well, first of all, as you're down there, you find out that, 
all the 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 voices that you you think that Kylo Ren has been hearing in the last two movies, you know, because he's heard uh, Vader and he's heard, of course, Snoke and and. Uh, but anyway, it's him. It's Palpatine. It's it's Palpatine. Which Palpatine is so freaking cool looking. He's on this mechanical device that's keeping him alive, and he's like, it's like a, a grotesque monstrous looking creature i mean he was nasty looking to begin with you know but now he's just even nastier and um you find out that all uh snoke was was a puppet it was a it was a a clone of palpatine but palpatine controlled so everything, all the training, all everything was initially from Palpatine himself. Now, it was never explained why he did this. Um, and I guess it's just left for speculation. But I'm, I'm thinking that now a logic, this is logic thinking, is that, you know, if everybody thinks he's dead, Palpatine, and he's using this clone of himself, then they are more accepting, you know, because of course Palpatine has defeat under his belt from, you know, return of the Jedi. So this new guy, if he creates it and it's him, it's just the mocks of him or a clone. Um, you know, people, I guess would be more inclined to follow him. I mean, that's just what I'm thinking, but, um, yeah. So the deal is he finds Palpatine, uh, Kylo Ren and, and Palpatine's like, you know what? Bring Ray here, and I will make you the new emperor of the, you know, the new. Um, well, you'd be essentially the emperor of the Sith. You know, you'd be the new king of the Sith. And he's like, okay, that's pretty much that's it. That's how it started. And then, um, oh, this is the the big one that just like really. So everybody's like. From the get-go, you're like, who is Ray's parents? Well, you find out. <laughs> you find out. It's it's interesting. And, you know, the thing is, is that I, I was talking, I've talked to a bunch of different people about this. And I was like, in a perfect world, I would totally make Ray go and be like, you know, related to Palpatine and make her turn towards the dark side and she'd become the new empress of of the uh the empire i would totally you know that's that, that was my idea and uh just so happens ray is palpatine's granddaughter um they don't really say who i i think it was the son i think palpatine had a son and the son was I guess kind hearted. It was he was too kind. Because if you read like the backstories on like Palpatine, Palpatine was um he was a cold blooded murderer, man. He killed his entire family on a ship. And oh what was the Plagueis. Darth Plagueis was his his master. And um you know Darth Plagueis talked about Immortality and all that, but anyway, that's that's I'm digressing. Um, so yeah, 
that's that's what happens is you find out that the the son and daughter-in-law of the emperor were two kind people and they did not want ray in contact with the emperor because of a, a vision that the emperor had that ray had the ability to to be stronger than him and the so the parents literally they think doing the best thing they could while they're running from their their father the palpatine uh the emperor is they sell ray off um you know as a pauper in in uh jakku or, and so when going back to the last jedi what Kylo Ren said to Rey, you know, your parents are nothing. They they were uh they were um you know, nobodies. Essentially, he was telling the truth. They were nobody really special in the, the story itself other than, you know, they they created Rin. No, not Rin, but a Rey. And but they made the ultimate sacrifice. You know, they they sold into slavery though. That was kind of like, eh, you know, maybe a bad idea. Maybe? I don't know. Um, anyway, so she ended up on Jakku, and they were on the run, and they get killed by a bounty hunter. And for some reason, now there's a, a, a sword that comes into play later. Well, it's more of a dagger. It's a, it's a Sith, and it has Sith writing on it, and you'll find out why. Um, uh... Actually, you know what? I'm looking at my notes here, and I stand corrected on the Ray's parents. Ray's parents were murdered by a, a uh, Jedi hunter um, working for Palpatine. So it wasn't exactly a bounty hunter. It was somebody specifically that tracks down Jedi, and that's who, where it comes from, which, you know, I, I question – because you know what was I'm, I mean, obviously the the emperor is strong with the force, the dark side of the force, but it's still the force, and Ray's strong with the force. So was her parents strong with the force? Were they Jedi in training or Jedi? I don't know. They it was never explained. But I said it was a bounty hunter, but it's not a bounty hunter. It is a Jedi hunter. Uh, bounty hunters take any job that's given, you know, if you watch like Mandalorian, that kind of thing. But a Jedi hunter is someone who specifically, that's all they do is they hunt Jedi and kill them. And Palpatine hired them and killed, killed them. So, uh, let's see. So also another fun, uh, note that I have here is that there was a, a spy a spy among us. Um, and this, I kind of figured out quickly because it made sense. And it's, um, you know, remember Hux? He, he was the spy. He was giving information to, um, or giving information from the first order, you know, because obviously he was a, a general, I believe he was a general. And, um, he was giving it to the resistance. Now, 
this is specifically, and and I I did like this part was um, they they find out well not they Kylo Ren finds out who the the spy is, and Hux is like. I don't care who, you know, if, if the good guys win or the bad guys win. All right, I said Kylo Ren. I meant um, Finn. I'm sorry. Um, he doesn't care who wins. He just doesn't want Kylo Ren to win. That's why I was thinking Kylo Ren. Because he does. he's doing this because he wants Kylo Ren to lose because of how much he hates Kylo Ren. And that that's kind of believable. And... Um, so he was the one giving all the the data of the betrayal and and all that. So I I really laughed. Some and again I heard some people squabbling about this is that um you know as they're leaving the ship he has um has uh Finn shoot him and he's like shoot me in the shoulder, you know, some some silliness like that. So for some reason not explained Finn shoots him in the leg. Then, a few moments later, he's walking with the cane. You can see his legs bandage up. It's a little bloody. And he's like, oh, I got I got jumped and forced to this and whatever. And um, General Pride, he, he, was, he was like, I'm not having it. He just literally took the gun, boom, killed him. And that's that's how we got rid of Hux. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was like, I, I kind of seen that coming. Another fun thing, um, I'm just sitting here, I, I take a look at my notes here, is um, you think, I love it, because C-3PO, he he gets his memory wiped. And Wait, wait, hold on, I'm, I, let me back up real fast, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Um, okay, so Finn, Finn Poe and Ray's, their main thing in, in the first half of the movie is to f- track down what is called an exegol. And I believe that's what they called it. It was an exegol. Um, anyway, it's what it is, is it, it's... Um, okay, they have to find the Sith Wayfinder, which was... How do I say this? They... Okay. Um, it tracks down where where they think that Palpatine's going to be. And so they follow a trail that was actually left by Luke Skywalker. Um, and it was supposed to be, you know, back in the day he was tracking a Jedi hunter with uh, the, the, the Wayfinder. Well, it turns out that it was a dagger with a, uh, an inscription written in Sith which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and no one knew what it was, what it, what it was other than our, our C-3PO. But because of C-3PO's main programming, he was not allowed to speak enemy language. Okay. So they, they were like, you can read this. And he's like, yeah. And you know what it means. Yeah. But you can't tell us what it is. No, not without wiping, you know, not without, you know, doing some type of bypass in the memory circuits. But the problem is, is that it'll wipe it out, wipe out his memory. So they go to this world 
and he agrees. It, it was a, it was a really noble. It was like a farewell. It was really cool, and so they wipe C-3PO's memory out, but in turn, he was able to read the inscription and give them the location of where they needed to go, which was really cool. So, okay, now jumping back to my notes, he mentioned this, and it was almost like a throwaway comment, was that R2-D2 has a backup of all his his memories. And it was it was kind of neat because he's forgot everybody. He runs into R2-D2. And, you know, R2-D2 does his little beeps and tweaks. And C-3PO is like, what do you mean, my best friend? I certainly know. I just met you anyway. Um, and uh, make a very long story short, it was C-3PO's memories were restored by R2-D2 because R2-D2 has a backup of C-3PO's memories, which is I thought was pretty fun. It made me smile. That was, yeah, it was really fun. Um, also, another one that was on my mind, and I was really surprised with just how much footage they restored from The Last Jedi that they put into this movie. And I think that if they had put left that, that the cut footage in The Last Jedi, it would have been a better movie. It explained a lot, actually. Um, there's scenes of leia training ray and you find out later and i'll talk about that later uh, how she's able to train ray but one of the big questions coming into this obviously is that um oh my goodness i just i just spaced on her name oh my goodness i am so sorry um oh my goodness i can't think of her name Oh my gosh, I blinked out there for a second. Carrie Fisher, that's who I'm talking about, okay? We know that Carrie Fisher passed away. And so in order for the story to work, she's going to have to pass away. But they, they, and she does, she does pass away in the movie. But it's something that you don't expect. Now, she, remember, she's sick and she's still healing from The Last Jedi. So she's not 100% well. And what she does is she goes into her little chamber and almost does like a, a thing, the same kind of thing that Luke did in The Last Jedi. He reached out with the Force, but instead of making a, a, a holographic image of himself, what she did is she reached out to him, out to her son. And... It was a self-sacrifice. It was like giving to her, you know, giving to him and releasing him from the darkness and showing him the love, which actually turned him back to Ben Solo and, you know, left Kylo Ren. So from that point forward in the movie, he was no longer Kylo Ren. He was Ben Solo. And doing so caused... General Leia, or Princess Leia, however you want to call her, Leia, um, she died. And I thought it was really well done, and, and uh, it was really well handled. It was very cool. It was, uh, you know, it, a lot of people have speculated on how to do it. And quite frankly, I, now personally, because we all know that she had passed away in The Last Jedi, 
I would have just left it where she was, you know, she died in space. And I, I think that would have actually made the character a little bit more villainous than what had happened, but it's okay. And, and it all comes around. And it works out well in the end. Uh, you know, but she does, she, she reaches out, she makes that connection with her son and, and pulls him back to the light, uh, and, and pulls him away from the, the dark side, which we never really found out. And that was one thing that I, I have a qualm about, and I'm hoping that they, they fix with, or not fix, but answer in, in the novels that coming out, you know, hereafter is because I'm sure that even though we're going to take a turn in the next three, you know, was it 10, 11 and 12 episode? Um, you know, the whole, the whole saga is supposed to be over, but we'll get there in a minute. And, um, I don't know. I, I'm rambling. <laughs> it is a little late. I but I wanted to talk about this while it's really fresh and, and you know, uh it's on my, my thoughts. So after Ray leaves, um she she bests Kylo Ren and she saves his life. She actually stabs him and you think, okay, he's gonna die. But Somehow, and and this wasn't explained either, is she knows how to heal. She knows how to use the metachlorians to, to heal wounds and saves his life. So anyway, after the battle, uh, she leaves Kylo on uh, Kefbeer. Kefbeer? Kefbeer? I actually wrote the name down. It's probably spelled wrong, though. Um, and she takes his, his TIE fighter, which I thought was funny. And she took his uh, Sith Finder. Now, his near-death ex- experience, you know, and the and the Force connection connection with Leia that had just there's a there was a conflict, you know, with with Kylo, you know, because the what he was changing, he was slowly. It wasn't like an immediate. I mean, it was pretty fast for the movie's sake. But there was a, a digression into the dark and from from the dark into the light, and he could feel he knew something happened to his mom. You know, his his mom died, and in that moment, um, his father Han Solo appears to him. Uh, but it wasn't as a Force ghost; it was more of a memory. It was like a, the recreation of of you know that when. When Ben or Kylo, he was still Kylo Ren, when he when he killed Han back in Force Awakens, it was like a replay, and the dialogue felt very much the same as well. But instead of of him killing Han, Kylo turns and throws his lightsaber into the ocean, which I didn't expect. I was like, wow, oh, you know, and that was pretty much it. That was that was the turn turning point for for him going from kylo back to ben solo and and it was kind of a almost like a reimagining of of what had happened you know to um so he goes and he he throws the lightsaber out in the ocean and he turns back to see his dad but his dad's gone but uh at that point kylo gives up on the dark side you know he just he, he just drops the persona 
you know, he he finally let, gives in to the good, the light, and he becomes Ben one more time. And I thought that was pretty cool. I, I, I was surprised to see because I know that um, Harrison Ford wasn't big on coming back and, and doing this again. Um, and I didn't expect him to, uh, you know, because he had a kind of a fuss about it on uh, Force Awakens. So for him to come back and do it one more time for this, the final final episode, I thought was pretty cool. And how they played it, you know, as not as a, a Force ghost, but as a, a, a memory. It was almost like a correction. You know, that was that was what could have happened in real life. He could have just thrown the the lightsaber away and been been solo and, and everything would have been different. But, you know, it is what it is. And we had a good story in Force Awakens and now the the Rise of Skywalker. Yes, I skipped Last Jedi because I thought it was garbage. Going down the list here, another one of my favorite. Um, it was it was kind of an ode. It wasn't kind of an ode. It was an ode to back from um, Empire Strikes Back. And so let me set up the 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 ode. We go back to Empire Strikes Back, and Luke is on Dagobah. He's training under Master Yoda, and remember his X-wing sinks into the swamp. And he's like, Master, it's too big. You know, I, I can't pull it out. And then, of course, Yoda being, what, three feet tall and just, you know, pulls it right out, no problem. Right? And he's like, that's why you failed. Um, that was kind of a, a change. It was kind of an ode, but at the time it was like things have changed. Because, okay, so where do I start? Ray goes to um, oh whoa 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 what was the name of that where they at the end of Force Awakens and through like a big chunk of the Last Jedi that island planet um, oh what was that Achu or Achu you know what I'm talking about you know the the I want to say, hold on, let's see, what is it? So yes, I'm doing a quick Google. It's oh, I was close. Achu, Achu two. It's a a h c h, H two dash two. Okay. Yeah. See, with a little bit of magic editing, that seems really fast, huh? But it took me a couple minutes to find it. So anyway, she flies back there. And she decides that she's going to live the life that uh, Luke Skywalker did. And so she destroys the TIE fighter. And she put herself pretty much in self-exile. Just like Luke did. And it was it was like, okay, okay, well. So she goes and, and she kind of does the same thing that Kylo does. She goes and takes the the lightsaber. But instead of throwing it into the water, she throws it into the fire. But the cool thing was is that Luke's force ghost actually appears and grabs the the lightsaber and you know pretty much tells her that it needed to be treated with respect, which I thought was pretty cool. And um it was it was just okay, okay. Hold on, I'm getting ahead of myself again. So he tells her she has to confront her fears and her heritage. You know, at this point, she knows that uh, she's Palpatine. And 
he said that he's known that she's a Palpatine. Leia's known that she was a Palpatine. The only person that didn't know she was a Palpatine was her herself. And that, you know, that's part of the final steps of becoming a Jedi is facing your fear. And she's like, well, you know, I destroyed the TIE fighter. You know, she she's like, and, but she, she uh, salvages the, the Sith Wavefinder. And this was, to me, this was the next part, is the ode to Empire Strikes Back. And all of a sudden, you hear the music, the same music from, it's Luke's music, you know, his theme music. And Luke rises the his x-wing from the water and he uh it was just it was reminiscent because you know i think what yoda has like three finger three fingers and a thumb right and and that's kind of like he just had a couple fingers out just lifting it so it's like you know from that point of empire strikes back to now you know, he is indeed the master. And I thought it was a good throwback, and it was a good ode to to back in the day. Um, also worth noting, I thought was pretty cool, is that um, before she takes off in his X-Wing, he also shows her where to find Leia's lightsaber. Now, this is where we, we tap into, and... Um, she was Luke trained her. Luke trained her as a Jedi, and she decided that she was not going to fulfill her destiny as a Jedi, uh, probably because of of love for Han Solo and then you know her son Ben. Um, so they hide it and said that one day someone will come by and pick it up. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. Very unarticulated paraphrasing at that, but it is almost 12 in the morning. 12.30, actually. So she leaves at 2 with uh, Luke's old or X-Wing, and both Luke's uh, lightsaber and Leia's lightsaber, which I thought was pretty cool. And then... Um, then one of the biggest things that to come about this was okay so she finally makes it face to face with palpatine and you know because much of the movie is how do i say this even though palpatine spends a lot of the time telling kylo ren kill ray kill ray um it turns out that his it's, that's not actually his plan. That wasn't his plan at all. All along, he wanted him, Kylo, to to bring Ray to her, so he could pass the Sith on to her. Yeah. No, seriously, that's that's it. Yeah. So essentially, what it is? Okay. So she goes to Exegol to finally, you know, track him down. Like I said, and. It, it's revealed that all the Sith Lords, previous Sith Lords, live in him. Now, that wasn't really explained how, but he says that if they, or if not they, if Rey kills him, then all the Sith Lords 
will go into her. Kind of like, and again, that, that was a throwback to Return of the Jedi, too. Because you remember when he was talking to, to Luke, you know, he's like, release your hate, strike me down. And I think he even did that with uh, Anakin, too. And that is the thing, is that if they would have struck him down, the Sith would have moved into them. And, yeah, that was actually, that was pretty cool. It was a, it was a very dark, ominous moment. Um, so he, he also revealed that, you know, it was her, or it was him. He had her parents killed just to motivate her for revenge. He wanted her to have revenge in her heart and wanting her to give in to that and, and join the dark side and kill him. So she, she, all the Sith would pass to him. Um, but it also says that, um, my note here, it says, uh, killing him would have given him exactly what he wanted. So, of course, Ray refused. Um, she won't kill him. And at that point, Palpatine's like, all right, you're dead. And that was, it, yeah, <laughs> it gets heavy. So then, because of the whole twist with all the Sith living in Palpatine, then you kind of get that same feeling with the Jedi, okay? And it's it's when, like, okay, so Rey's been beat, okay? She, she tries to connect with all the former Jedi. Seriously. Like, like how Palpatine did with the Sith. And she she tried it early on in the movie and failed. But now she's able to reach them. And then in that moment, um, a number of, of, oh gosh, let's see. I know there was, um, I heard uh, Ian, Ian McGregor, Obi-Wan, but I also heard Alec McGinnis too. So Obi-Wan 1 and 2, I guess, would be appropriate. Of course, I heard Luke. Um, I heard Anakin, you know Hayden, Hayden Christensen. Uh, I, I definitely heard Miss Mace Windu. I, I know I heard Yoda. Um, there were some other ones that I didn't know. Oh, oh, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson was was one of them too. So essentially, all the Jedi was in her too. And uh, I thought that was cool because they, they all kind of just had that one last hurrah, uh, a cameo, voice voice cameo. So then we come to the point where we're almost at the end and she does it. Ray does it. She kills Palpatine and destroys all the Sith. Now, I've always wondered this, and, and I'll get into my notes in a minute, but isn't a because okay, so the Jedi win, right? But it's not balanced, right? There's there's still even if it's one to zero, it's not balanced. If it was one to one, it would be balanced. Two to two is balanced, but one to zero isn't balanced. So there's there's really no balance to the Force. Just saying, okay. 
because as of right now, they're saying that there's no more no more Sith as Palpatine has been killed. Um, so, okay, so at the point where we left off is that, you know, he decides that he's going to kill her. And he pretty much does. He just whoops her butt in the first part. You know, she collapses, and then she hears all these voices of the Jedi in the past. And she's like, okay, she's got to get up, get up, get up, get up. She finally gets to her feet, and she faces Palpatine. And this time, as they're fighting, it seemed like they're more evenly matched, even with his Sith power. And there's there's something. It's like pulling his, his life force. He was like pulling life force from Ben and Ray and which pretty much restored his life because he was gruesomely, like I said, in the beginning of the show, he was like on this machine that kept them alive. But now after he pulled their life force from him, he was, he was essentially better. He was a lot stronger, but, um, at first she starts with just Luke Skywalker's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, lightsaber. And then she decides she's going to bring out Leia's uh, lightsaber, which I thought was pretty cool. And it, it it kind of like tipped the balance, and and uh, he couldn't deal with it. I was hoping that they would have done like um, you know, a one last lightsaber battle because remember he did have a, a saber at one point, and I think in the in the beginning of the trilogy, and um. But she does. She she ends up. She just she turned his own power against him and literally just obliterated him, which can be speculated. You know, if he was actually killed or not. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, yeah. So not only did Ray defeat Palpatine, but she, she destroyed him entirely. You know, like I said, he it was just obliterated him. Um, along with, again, speculated the entire Sith line, but that's not, that's, that's not a balance. You know, it's, uh, it's unbalanced, even though good is triumphant. It's still not balanced. You have to, you have to have yin and yang. You have to have good and evil, light and dark, to to make it balance. Um, another one. Let's see. I'm getting really low here. Uh, there's actually a part where Ray dies, but Ben Kylo Ren sacrifices himself to save her, and then they kiss. Yes, they finally freaking kiss. And I, I'm not much into, you know, mushy love stories, but it was it was good. It was um so in the effort of of beating Palpatine and you know destroying the Sith actually kills her. But because of remember I mentioned that she she pretty much gutted him in the earlier part of the movie, uh on the the remains of the Death Star, and then she heals him. And that's kind of like the turning point of him you know, turning back to the light side. Well, he pretty much does the same thing. He, um, he, how do I say this? Okay. Well, originally, let me back this up. So as Ray was fighting Palpatine, uh, 
Ben Solo tries to get involved, but he was thrown into this pit, and you think he's dead, right? So after she kills Palpatine, she drops the lightsaber and she collapses, and you realize she's dead. Well, at that moment, he comes out of that pit. It was almost like the the Sirlac pit, you know. It just it had that I don't know, kind of like the you know what we didn't see about Boba Fett coming out of the Sirlac pit on and Return of the Jedi. It just to me that's what the feel was, and um, so he he uh, he climbed out of the pit and he he took Ray into his arms. And he was using his force healing, the kind of the same thing that he she did for him, and brought Ray back to life. And then, and then, without being anything really said, they hug each other, and then the kiss. And it was it was very it was passionate, it was emotional. Um, but unfortunately, almost immediately after that, I I want to keep calling him Kylo, but it's Ben. Ben dies. Um. Because he gave the rest of his strength and his life force to revive Ray. And then he Because he's he he's returned back to the light side, um he when he dies he becomes one with the force and, and like everybody else, you know, they just kind of fade. And at that moment too, worth mentioning is that when he dies and he fades into the force, you know, he becomes one with the force, uh, back at the resistance uh, camp where Leia's body was, it was like, you know, it was just laid out, you know, you couldn't see her face obviously because it wasn't really Carrie Fisher, but, um, you know, she becomes one with the force as well. And she joins her son. So I thought that was kind of very, I don't know. I don't want to say apropos, but it, it just, I don't know. But, you know, all the solos are together. I mean, technically now, um, blood-wise, there is no more Skywalkers. All the Skywalkers are dead at that point. As soon as Ben dies, you know, because we don't know, you know. So then we finally jump to the end of the, the movie, and we find ourselves back on Tatooine. In fact, we're right in front of Uncle Owen and Aunt Bruce's house where it all started from episode four. So there's, there was a great throwback to episode four there. And so you, you, you see her, she grabs a piece of, um, which I'm not sure why they did that now, kind of in hindsight, but it, you know, it's cool. But, um, she sleds down and, and she's, you see her, she's wrapping, uh, both Luke and Leia's lightsabers together in this this cloth, and she ties it up. And um, she goes, and then it, it cuts back to her on the outside. And she's using her force power to bury the lightsabers, obviously setting it up for, you know, the new generation of characters to come. Um, in episode 10, 11, and 12. And she buries it. And as she stands up, she, she reveals that she has her own lightsaber. It's a yellow lightsaber. And she turns, and there's a great mimic shot. You know, when in, in episode four, The New Hope, 
you know, there's a there's a great shot of of Luke. You know, he's he's got a over. No, it's not even over the shoulder. It's a back shot. Um, you know, and and he's staring at the two sons of Tatooine as they're setting, and it's got his theme music, and that is the same shot, but it's, it's Ray, you know, she's standing there and she's watching and it's got, it's got Luke's theme music and then it fades to black and that's how it ends. That's how the whole thing ends. And it was, it was very, very well. I know that, you know, in the morning I'll go and I'll, I'll look and, and see the negative reviews because I know people, you know, just fandom has toxic fans and people are just not going to appreciate it. But I think that for what it was, I think it was a very good movie. And, you know, I have hopes for episode 10, 11, and 12. I've, I've heard things that, like, the child from The Mandalorian will now be, you know, he'll be like teenage years kind of thing. And uh, he'll have a part in it. I don't know if The Mandalorian will be in it, but I, I love it. I love this show. I love the franchise. I've loved it for most of my life. You know, one of my favorite memories in, in life is that uh, in 1984, I was seven and seven or eight. And um, my my mom took me to go see The Return of the Jedi. And, and, and it was like one of the first walk-in theaters. That's what we used to call uh, a theater that we go to now. They were called walk-ins. And... Um, we watched Return of the Jedi and it was just something that stuck with me, you know, and all these years later, my child, well, my children, all three of them were there. Um, you know, we got to experience that together as well. It's just, it was a full circle. That's, I think maybe that's why, because I just felt it's come full circle. And I just, I, I, love the franchise and I hope that they do produce some stuff. I mean, there is some negative stuff that I did catch, but I'm not even going to bother with it because it was so minimal that it's not even worth mentioning because the general overall story, the general action, yeah, there could have been a little bit more action. Um, but all of it I thought was very neatly well done packaged and, you know, on the world of myth, the the magazine that I run, well, not run, Stephanie Barty runs it. Um, I own it. Um, we have a movie review done by Jason Bashard, actually the co-host of uh, Dispatches from Shedquarters. Jason Bashard, same guy. He writes a movie review, and at the end of each review, he gives a you know a, a half a star being horrible movie to five stars being uh, the best movie he's seen. And I would say that I, w I would be comfortable with giving the last, or uh, I was going to say last Jedi. Oh my God. No giving um, the rise of Skywalker. I'm, I would say I would give it four out of five stars. That's how good it is. And I enjoyed it. All right, gang. Thank you so much for this year. We've been through a lot this year. And I, I appreciate it. If for any of you that come in more than once, shoot, if you come in, if this is the first time you've ever listened to me, I appreciate you. And I hope that you sincerely enjoyed my content because I know there's sometimes I went on a rant and sometimes, you know, like the last 
last month I was I was I was having mental health issues. I was just really stressed and and but we're all good. So thank you, sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. I do plan to come back in June, June or July with season four. Um, so with all that said, I wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Happy Yule, and a Happy New Year because this is it. This is the last podcast for me for 2019. So with all that said, kids, for my public life as an American nerd, I am David K. Montoya, and I bid you adieu.